Chapter 17 of My Southern Home, or The South and Its People. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. My Southern Home, or The South and Its People, by William Wells Brown. Chapter 17 during the rebellion as it is close there was one question that appeared to overshadow all others this was negro equality while the armies were on the field of battle this was the great bugbear among many who warmly espoused the cause of the government and who approved all its measures with this single exception they sincerely wished the rebels to be despoiled of their property they wished every means to be used to secure our success on the field, including emancipation. But they would grow pale at the words Negro equality, just as if the liberating of a race and securing to them personal, political, social, and religious rights made it incumbent upon us to take these people into our houses and give them seats in our social circle beyond what we would accord to other total strangers. No advocate of Negro equality ever demanded for the race that they should be made pets. Protect them in their natural, lawful, and acquired rights is all they ask. Social equality is a condition of society that must make itself. There are colored families residing in every southern state whose education and social position is far above a large portion of their no-neighboring whites. To compel them to associate with these whites would be a grievous wrong. Then, away with this talk, which is founded in hatred to an injured people. Give the colored race in the South equal protection before the law. And then we say to them, Now, to gain the social prize, paddle your own canoe. But this hue and cry about Negro equality generally emanates from a shoddy aristocracy, or an uneducated class more afraid of the negro's ability and industry than of his color rubbing off against them men whose claims to equality are so frail that they must be fenced about and protected by every possible guard while the true nobleman fears not that his reputation will be compromised by any association he may choose to form so it is with many of those men who fear negro competition Conscious of their own inferiority to the mass of mankind, and recognizing the fact that they exist and thrive only by the aid of adventitious advantages, they look with jealousy on any new rivals and competitors, and use every means, fair and unfair, to keep them out of the market. The same sort of opposition has been made to the introduction of female labor into any of the various branches of manufacture. Consequently, women have always been discriminated against. They have been restricted to a small range of employments. Their wages have been kept down, and many who would be perfectly competent to perform the duties of clerks or accountants, or to earn good wages in some branch of manufacture, have been driven by their necessities either to suicide or prostitution. But the nation, knowing the Southerners as they did, aware of the deep hatred to northern whites and still deeper hatred to their ex-slaves who aided in blotting out the institution of slavery 
it was the duty of the nation having once clothed the colored man with the rights of citizenship and promised him in the constitution full protection for those rights to keep this promise most sacredly the question while it is invested with equities of the most sacred character is not without its difficulties and embarrassments under the policy adopted by the democrats in the late insurrectionary states the colored citizen has been subjected to a reign of terror which has driven him from the enjoyment of his rights and leaves him as much a non-entity in politics unless he obeys their behests as he was when he was in slavery under this condition of things today while he if properly protected in his rights would hold political supremacy in mississippi georgia south carolina louisiana alabama and florida he has little or no voice in either state or national government through fear intimidation assassination and all the horrors that barbarism can invent every right of the negro in the southern states is to-day at an end complete submission to the whites is the only way for the colored man to live in peace some time since there was considerable talk about a war of races but the war was all on the side of the whites the freedman has succumbed to brute force and hence the war of races is suspended but let him attempt to assert his rights of citizenship as the white man does at the north according to the dictates of his own conscience and sense of duty and the bloody hands of the ku klux and white leaguer will appear in all their horrors once more the dream that is past would become a sad reality again End of chapter 17 Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista